stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Constitution of the kingdom of God. Uh, every every kingdom has to have some kind of r- rules to go by, some way to be able to function. And so we've been looking at the the beatitudes in Matthew chapter five, uh, where we started off with "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom." You have to uh, be able to enter first. 
You have to have that hunger for Jesus. I need you, Jesus, to, to come into the kingdom. Then blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed against you. And uh, that's what I was telling someone yesterday, that they need to, to uh, ask for forgiveness, and God is already there ready to forgive them. He's already done it on the cross. So we come and, and mourn for the sins on ours and for the, the world that's what's going on. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That means I need to humble myself and totally give control over to God. And then everything else I'll need here on this earth. You know, I have lacked nothing because, you see, I trust in my Father to provide everything. Then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I want more of you. <laughs> God, I have more of you, God. Uh, I want everything of you, Jesus. I, I, I want so much of you that I just be overflowing. You know, just you, you won't even see Frank anymore. You just see Jesus. And that's, that's where I, I want to live. That's where I want to be at all times. So I'm going to hunger and thirst for more. And be uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. See, once I have the nature of God in me, which is mercy, I should have mercy on others. That's, I should be demonstrating, uh, not demonstrating, but showing forth the nature of God that's in me. And that's mercy upon people's lives. And then, blessed are the, the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's where we want to come. You see, all of this is showing us how to have true happiness to be able to see God. That's what we want most of all, to see Him. Well, I will when I get to heaven. How about now? I want to see Him now in my life. I want to see Him now every day. That's the true happiness. There's no other happiness. It might be temporary. Uh, you know, there might be some happiness for some people this coming Sunday when they get to watch car racing <laughs> live on TV. I mean, that's happiness for some people, you know. <laughs> but, but then again, Sunday's over with, now what? Okay, <laughs> now what? you got to wait for another time. Well, I... True happiness is coming to the point where you have given your life to Him, humbled yourself unto Him, just totally turned everything over to Him to where now you can truly have be pure in heart from the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ to see God. No mixture of the world. None of this world stuff mixed up in there. Uh, you've got clear vision. You can see Him. Just like I said last week, i got clear physical vision. I can stand here and read the Bible without these things. I don't have to do that. I may put them on just, oh gosh, that makes it worse. But, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> I want to have clear vision. So here we are, uh, after all of that, to see God. Hallelujah. I finally, now what? Now God says you've got a ministry. Mm. <laughs> now you're ready, set, go. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. A peacemaker. That's our ministry. That's the ministry that God has given us. That's the ministry that He had. He came to bring peace upon the earth. He came to bring peace among... Can I go to a protest and just stand up and say, Jesus, 
<laughs> I want people to come together in peace. They're arguing and fussing all the time about something. And I want everyone, God said, I want you to have peace. So our ministry is peace. Uh, my, uh, so, uh, who, John, you got Matthew 5, 21 through 24. You have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. And, but whoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has aught against you, Leave there your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So if you know when you come to God that a person has something against you, well, that, 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 that's their problem. <laughs> no, I'm to go and get that reconciled. I'm to go and to bring peace among that in that relationship. It's my responsibility. That person's not coming to me, but I need to go to them. A uh, prime example of that that fulfilled that scripture is in Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. You know the story just as well as I do. Jacob and Esau. Oh yeah, you remember Jacob. Jacob was the one, and Kaniah with his mother said, I'm going to get everything. We're going to get everything, from, and we're going to get the birthright. And he stole the birthright from Esau, and he, he stole the inheritance of everything that would come. And, and he, he just messed up Esau, and Esau got, what, upset? Yeah, I believe I would too. Uh, he got really mean, and, and Jacob said, i got to get out of here. So he did. He went away. For 21 years, he went away. Ended up with two wives. And that would get you in trouble right there. But, uh, you know, you got 21 years. Now he's coming back to his homeland. And starting in verse 22, we have, uh, he sent all his family away, all his possessions away. And now in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. That's where we need to get. When we've got a problem with somebody else, we need to be left alone. We don't need all the distractions, all the responsibilities that we have. We need to be left alone. And Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him. And you can say it was Jesus. You can say it was an angel. I guarantee you it was God there wrestling with, you know. Don't we get to that point in our lives that we just wrestle with God um, to change us in some way to get us. So in verse 25, um, the the man uh, uh, that was wrestling, he, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob and his hip was out of joint and, and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go. That's what he said to Jacob. For the day breaks. But Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And that's the way we are sometimes with God, isn't it? That's the way we 
I'm not going to let you go, God. I want you. I want. I need a blessing in my life right now. So Jacob's life was changed from Jacob to Israel. Hallelujah. Totally, nature was in him. And in verse 30, he said, I have seen God face to face. You see, that's where we want to be, isn't it? We want to see God face to face. When we do, we know that something needs to change. And that's what took place for Jacob. Now, over in chapter 33, now Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming. Uh, with him and 400 men. <laughs> so he divided the children among the Leah and Rachel and the two maidservants. Oh my God. <laughs> He's going to get me now. Uh, 400 men. I, I don't have that many. And he put them in the maidservants and their children in front and Leah and her children behind and Rachel and Joseph last. And then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. He was humbling himself unto his brother that he had hurt terribly. Uh, that's what the Scripture said. If you know that you've got something, some brother is wrong against you, got, you got to go to them. You go to them. You humble yourself unto them. And then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and, and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Whew. Oh, praise the Lord. You see, that's the fulfillment of a scripture in Proverbs 16.7. That's what uh, Matt has back there, I believe. Proverbs 16.7. You see, God, God's Word always is in action. It's always being fulfilled when you do what God requires of you. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. <laughs> and you, don't you think Jacob's ways were pleasing unto the Lord? He humbled himself completely unto the one that he had hurt tremendously. Yeah. That pleases you. That pleases God. So when you have that, when someone has terribly hurt you in some way, shape, or form, to mend that relationship, oh, well, that relationship's okay, you know, we're all right, you know. No, it's not. It's not fully okay until you go to that person and humble yourself and say, I'm sorry that I, I hurt you. But they hurt you. Uh, I'm sorry for what I said. But they hurt you. I'm sorry for what I've done. You're humbling yourself unto them. So, that's what took place. And it fulfills God's Word. Even the enemy <laughs> will be at peace. Praise the Lord. So, Jacob actually fulfilled God's Word, didn't he? He, he did completely. So, our ministry is... To be a peacemaker. Now I'm going to read uh, from Second uh, Corinthians 5:18 through 20. We know it as the ministry of reconciliation. Well, I'm going to read it from the New Century version. I like this. I don't usually use this version, but this really hit home with me. 
This is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20. This is what it says in the New Century Version. All this is from God. Through Christ, God made peace between us and Himself. Isn't that the reason Jesus came? Don't you think we were hurting God? Uh, and so God sent a peacemaker to us to bring us into relationship with Him. And God gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace we have with Him. God was in Christ making peace between the world and Himself. In Christ, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins. And He gave us this message of peace. So we have been sent to speak for Christ. It is as if God is calling to you through us. We speak for Christ when we beg you to be at peace with God. We are peacemakers. And that's what God wants. How many times God, Jesus was standing before the Sadducees and Pharisees and all those religious, intelligent people that really hated him. And he was trying to bring peace unto them to, from his Father, no matter what. So that's what our ministry is. Jesus actually fulfilled what we have been talking about. Got something against? Our brother has something against you? You go to them. That's what Jesus did. He went to them. He didn't wait for them to come to him and say, listen, I want to listen to you. I want to hear what you have to say. No, he went to them. I've had more, more success in ministry in this area than in, in many others where you tell somebody, you, you go to your sister, and you ask your sister to uh, forgive you for what has happened. Well, yesterday we dealt with somebody in Atlanta uh, on the telephone, and and, uh, and of course you know it's it's a years nobody wants to go to settle it, but when when one has the conviction, that's what you say, right? When somebody has the conviction, because you got to be convicted, right? Yeah, because uh, Jacob wrestled with God, and he certainly was convicted. <laughs> I mean, so, when you so, get alone with God, God's going to tell you. Did did Jacob went to God or God went to Jacob? God, Jacob went to God because he was left the left arm. I'm going to be alone. And when you start being alone to get with God, God will send his messenger to you. And you may just stand there, you're going to be, Russell, you're going to change. You're not going to let go until you're changed because you got that bitterness in your heart that that, that, that shouldn't be there. You got the, that, that that rejection that you may be feeling at that time. You and, and you need to have a change in your heart. When you do, then you can humble yourself. Then you can go to the person. But you can't go on your own. You got to have the change in your life. So I encourage you, first of all, get with God. Be changed. And our ministry, no matter what people have done to you, what they have said, you are the peacemaker. 
They're not coming to you. You're the peacemaker. And when... See, Esau saw a change in Jacob. He humbled himself, therefore they came together. And that's what God wants us as peacemakers. Now, see, that's our ministry after we have entered in, after we have mourned for sins, after we have humbled ourselves, given control over the God, and all, and, and, and completely seen God because He's cleansed us in the blood. We get to see Him, and we have that ministry of being a peacemaker. And so everything's going to be great. Huh. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next verse in Matthew chapter 5. <laughs> Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, Jesus, let's stop at verse 9. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's easy. Now you're talking about persecution. Uh, well, he did. He, he faced it. And he says you're blessed. You, you, you're happy. See, we're talking about happiness here. Huh? <laughs> Be persecuted? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, you're not you're not. So, what does it mean to be totally committed to Jesus? That persecution will come. I'm not looking for it. <laughs> I'm not wanting it at all. But if I'm totally committed to Him, uh, how, how about Second uh, Corinthians ten five? Who? Uh, that's back there with Kathy. Well, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 is, I'm not sure if this is right, but casting down imaginations? Yes. Oh, okay. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So cast down everything that is not of God completely. I'm totally committed. I am even bringing every thought into captivity of the obedience of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, my thinking's coming in line with Him. And I'm totally committed, mind, body, and spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, so I have obedience just flowing. Just, I mean, I'm in total agreement with God. I'm going out and ministering the, the power of the Word of God over in Acts chapter 5. That's where I'm reading. That's what I have on my notes here. It says me. <laughs> me, me read. <laughs> Acts chapter 5. And uh, starting with verse 12, and they, they the hands by the hands of the apostles, and many signs and wonders were being done, and they were all in one accord. Hallelujah. And everything was taking place. I mean, they in verse 15, they even brought the sick out into the streets so that the shadow of Peter would, you know, bring healing to them. And everything has been going great. <laughs> then verse 17, then the high priest rose, and, and all those were with him and they were filled with indignation and laid hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. I'm out here doing the Lord's work and now I'm thrown into prison. <laughs> That's <laughs> See, when you do God's work, people are not going to, everybody's not going to want it. No. Because it's against their nature. It's against what they've always done and everything. But praise the Lord, you just go ahead. I remember over in, uh, later in Acts, when Paul and Silas, what were they doing when they were in jail? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. I'm sure they were doing the same thing. I can imagine that. 
And then in verse 13, at night, then an angel of the Lord came and opened up prison doors. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, people are not going to want to, all, everybody's not going to want to hear what you've got to say. But you're the peacemaker. You're the one that's bringing peace. You're the one that's demonstrating God to people. You're the one that's showing Jesus. And that, when you do that, some people are not going to like it. And I know Rick's experienced that, and I've experienced it for 20 years in the Methodist Church over and over and over again. But you keep on keeping on. You keep on going. You keep on going. You keep on no matter what. No matter what, you keep going because you're the peacemaker. No matter what they've done to you, no matter how they hurt you, you're the peacemaker. Yes, you will be persecuted. I'm not desiring that. <laughs> but, God, but Jesus said, listen, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Because you see, you're, when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, um, you have the kingdom of heaven. Boy, that's what I want. I want it. Uh, uh, well, praise the Lord. First uh, Peter four fourteen. My wife has that. Uh, yes, that states: If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit of the glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Hallelujah. When you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, hallelujah, you're glorifying God. Hmm. I know your flesh is hard to take that, but that's the reason we've gone through everything the way we are totally submitted to God and to the point that no matter what happens, no matter what's said, no matter what's done, no matter how persecution comes, we're totally committed. Hmm. And so, therefore, therefore, oh, there's a, oh, therefore I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Even though they revile and persecute me, as in verse 11 of chapter 5 of Matthew. But finally, we come to the place where we need to be at all times in our life, no matter what. Verse 12 of chapter 5 of Matthew. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rejoice. So therefore, rejoice. Scripture says in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice always. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, somebody persecuting me, and I'm going to stand here and rejoice. <laughs> yes, you are. Because it's bringing glory unto God. You're rejoicing unto the Lord because He's giving you the victory even in the midst of persecution. Thanks be to God, it always causes you to triumph in Christ. It didn't say causes you to triumph when everything's going good. <laughs> it's always triumph. 
in Him. So you're always walking in victory. Hallelujah. So why not rejoice? Rejoice in Him. Turn over to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-19. And we'll wind up with this. I've got that because it says me again. 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. First Thessalonians 5. <laughs> what did I say anyway? <laughs> I was in the flesh. I don't know what I said in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5, 16. What does that say? Rejoice always. Uh-huh. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Now, I may take a little liberty with this Scripture, but I don't think I am. Rejoice always. What happens if I don't rejoice? I believe I'd be quenching the Spirit. I believe I would be quenching what the Holy Spirit can do in and through me in the ministry of being a peacemaker. So I've got to rejoice always because in everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning me. It is the will of God. When you're out there sharing and being a peacemaker and being persecuted for it, it is the will of God because it brings glory unto Him. Hallelujah. So therefore, we need to come to the point where we are reached the stage in our life where we're always rejoicing no matter what's happening around us, no matter what's happening in us. And when you do that, you have the true happiness that God wants because you're rejoicing at all times. You can't be sad when you rejoice. <laughs> you can't be upset when you rejoice. <laughs> you can't be mad when you rejoice. I'm rejoicing. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. That is your challenge for the day. Yes, you may comment. But I found, and I continue to try to remind myself, that there is always something to be thankful for. And sometimes you just have to choose to see it because circumstances sort of make you blind to the blessings of God. But. Mm-hmm. But if you start looking for them, choose to look for it, man, you'll start seeing them everywhere. I don't know how many times during the day I just thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my sins and sicknesses and diseases and afflictions and everything. Thank you, Jesus. Rejoicing in Him. Hallelujah. That's the reason I like to listen to praise music most of the time during the day. Oh, boy, hallelujah. That gets me right on. Just listen to that. Just get yourself into a rejoicing state. Get up in the morning and start out that way. Don't start, oh, I got another day. What have I got to do today? I got all this plan at the office today. I got to do this today. And I got to take care of this today. And I got to come up and, yeah, right. Well, no, get up and rejoice. And be thankful that you're able to get up. (laughs) And rejoice. (laughs) That's right. So do that every single morning and continue to do that during the day, hallelujah, when you're out in the store, when you're driving in your car, when you're in your office, when you're at your business, whatever you're doing, stay-at-home business. Just continue to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. So I pray God's rejoicing on you today. 
Hallelujah. I pray His gladness. I pray His mercy and peace upon you today. And you will see that you can rejoice no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Visit www.lateran.com for more teachings. See you next time. www.lateran.com for more teaching. See you next time.